Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Raiders of Lost Flicks. I am your host, Adam, a.k.a. The Groovinator of RaidersLostFlicks.com. Remember, if it's a bad movie, we want to know about it. And I'm here with my good buddy, Phoenix West from Loitering in Wonderland Studios. Welcome, buddy. Hi. We are, we're here to talk about 103, About a Girl. Do you suppose they named that after a Nirvana song? Are we doing this? We're doing this. Are we doing? Okay. We're doing this. I don't know. When I saw that, I had an aneurysm, and I just... Uh, Did you really? Yeah. I wanted to drink some Penny Royalty. Let's not do this. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we did this once on another show. It was a lot of fun. It was just an entire episode of Nirvana references. <laughs> to the point where I, I pulled up a list of their, all their songs and made sure I hit them all. I think you hit everything, <laughs> at least twice. In the, it, it was a Twilight Zone review, but yeah. It was too many. I was thinking that. I'm like... Damn it! I know he's gonna do it. I know he's gonna say. It. Oh, once I saw the title, I'm like, oh shit. Uh oh, here we go. About I'm not. I'm not in the mood for it now. It's it's early. <laughs> it's only twelve thirty here in the afternoon. My coffee's almost gone. Oh, no. Uh, initial thoughts. I'm gonna go first on this one. So this one deals with what I like about Star Trek, and actually most science fiction shows is ethical dilemmas. Okay. Um, just because something seems right to me, does it mean that it's wrong to somebody else? You know, it, it, it's differing opinions, different points of view, different cultures, different customs. And in this one, uh, as set up nicely by the last episode, uh, Bordas, Commander Bordas, Lieutenant Commander Bordas lays an egg, literally. All right. In this one, the egg hatches. And uh, actually, it hatches in the last episode. Uh, we we didn't we didn't set, we we forgot to mention that in the last review. Yeah. But it hatches at the end, and the the instead of having a boy, they come from an all male society. They have a girl. Okay, they have they have a girl baby. And in this one, the dilemma is they want to get a sex change immediately. Clyden and Bordas, and of course uh, the doctor, and Ed Mercer refuse to do it because this is a healthy baby girl. And in our society, you know, we have two sexes. Sometimes more than that. But um, why would you do surgery on a baby that by all you know means seems healthy, but by their culture, being a female is a handicap? Um, how did you feel about this episode? It was the most Star Trek thing I've ever watched that wasn't called Star Trek. It was, like you said, the ethical dilemmas. Uh, it was just flat out a Star Trek episode. And I couldn't separate it. I, I, I have been the other two episodes I could separate it. But this one, I was just like, I, I had to keep reminding myself, this is, this is not Star Trek. Because, uh, until they had, my only joke I laughed at, the only joke I laughed at in this episode, I think, was, because um, he talks to Ed Mercer and he's like, we're not going to, he's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. It's, it's, a, it's, it's wrong. He's like, you talk about women like it's a handicap. And he goes, well, if you had a cleft palate or cleft lip, wouldn't you get that fixed? And he's like, yeah, but the worst you're going to get there is a lisp. A vagina's not going to make you do that, depending on how you use it. That was the only joke I actually <laughs> laughed at. A little smattering of humor. Yes. Just to relieve the tension just enough. Yes. Which is what Star Trek used to do. Yeah. Like, there would be like just a little bit of a joke between a couple characters that you would like, some characters that have a, a, a chemistry. Yeah, that that worked. But other than that, I, I really did enjoy this episode. It was fun. Not not fun fun, but like it was fun to watch this society because they eventually they go down to Bordas' home world. And that part was cool. It was interesting. Very Star Trek. I was going to say, this was the episode that made me want to get 
into Orville. Okay, like like continue watching because I, while I was watching, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, um, this is so Star Trek. It makes me miss Star Trek. Like I want to go back and watch Star Trek again. And the funny thing is, is I've been watching Star Trek ever since I discovered this show, and watched all the episodes because I realized how much I miss Star Trek. But yeah, this is this is the ethical dilemma. You get the courtroom scene. Some of Star Trek's best episodes are courtroom scenes. Yeah, it's it's super easy to produce. It's cheap, and you get that because you're in a courtroom, so you're always going to have that back and forth dilemma about something. They're not going to just going to do he murdered, therefore he, or if they do that cut and dry, that black and white, they're going to have a someone's has their agenda, and that's why they're doing it. And they find out the agenda and reveal it in open court, and you get that intrigue there, and. This was pretty cut and dry as far as trial goes. You and I both love character-driven stuff. Yes. And what can be more character-driven than a courtroom drama? I yep. mean, I, it's not, one of my favorite Star Trek movies, my absolute favorite, is The Wrath of Khan, which is essentially a submarine battleship movie in space. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Okay? It's fantastic. My second favorite, though, absolute second favorite, The Undiscovered Country, which is a courtroom drama. Yeah. About Klingons and Amnesty, and I fucking love that movie. Right? They think the Enterprise blew up the Klingon ship and killed David Warner, and they get arrested. Yep. That's the movie. He gets sent to prison, and it, it's it's amazing, just the, the way the whole thing unravels. But yeah, so some of my favorite Star Trek episodes over the years have been court dramas. You know, yep. as somebody gets caught into a situation, somebody goes to a planet where... Something that they think is pretty harmless and meaningless winds up being a major crime based on their society. In this particular case, it's it's great because it's they they've first of all Clyden and Bordis one hundred percent want to get their child turned into a male. Yeah, and the crew spends most of the episode trying to talk them out of it, more or less trying to talk sense into them, without just like lecturing him and right? getting on a soapbox and talk down to him so you got a pretty cool sequence where you got Bordas fighting Catan and of course uh, they're beating the shit out of each other because they're pretty much the strongest creatures on the ship and she knocks him halfway across the ring it's like well you know I'm a girl but I'm still strong right you yeah. know and that doesn't work gr- that didn't work for you no I mean for the, for it doesn't work on it doesn't work on on uh, on Bordas, yeah. but what does work on him, which I thought was really cool, the way they handled it, is they take him to uh, they're like uh, Scott Grimes and uh, Lamar show up with some beers, like hey buddy, we we're here, you're feeling kind of down, and we we brought some beers, we're gonna watch a movie, we're gonna have a movie night, and the movie they decide to watch is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the original Rankin and Bass puppetronic cartoon and in particular they're watching the scene where santa is telling rudolph with his big red nose won't you guide my sleigh tonight and all that and bordis is that the, the shot is really good because they show the back of his head they kind of show his eyes kind of zoomed in on him. he's like really into it and as it goes on i'm like this could be really cheesy but they they shoot it in such a way to where i like this is working for me because like for him this is the first time he's ever seen this and this is really serious and this is this is getting him to think that just because my child is different my child could also be special yeah rather than than deficient and that that's what convinces him he literally watches it works as a joke but it also works in the sense that 
Rudolph is a different character that is showing, you know, having a difference can can it's, cannot be a handicap. It's you know one. I mean? It's a it's a little blip of optimism for me when I'm watching this because at first I was like, oh, he's just like watching Rudolph stone face. And I was like, he's not paying attention. And then I realized he was, and he learned, because he's like, uh, this makes me realize things. And, and he's like, had we killed it at birth, we wouldn't have to worry about it. And he's like, no, 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 that's not the, more, that's not the lesson. He's like, all right, yeah, yeah, well, maybe if, you know, she can become something great. But uh, it, the reason it was a blip of optimism for me is because it was jokes and character development in the same yeah. scene, and it worked. They managed like, to make they it They can work. do it. Okay. They, they finally got the 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 formula right. They they, yeah. they finally figured it out. Yeah. This this is definitely the first one. So then it, the rest of the episode becomes the dilemma: should we or won't they? And then of course, Clyden is uh, opposed to. Clyden definitely wants to have the the sex change. Bordas decides I don't want to have the sex change. So then it becomes everybody gets involved. The entire Mocklin, that's what they call the, 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 the Klingon knockoffs on the show. They're yeah. Mocklins, okay? Can't imagine where that name came from. They're, they're Mock Klingons, so they're Mocklins, Phoenix. <laughs> that's what they did. So, I don't right? get it. Yeah, what, it, it, it's, it's Seth MacFarlane, dude. Try not to think it over too much, right? So I'm, I'm amazed uh, they're, they're not Klingaints. Klingaints. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the Klingaints. Oh. But yeah, they, they literally Klingoffs. get involved. So they have to go to Mocklin. Uh, and, and have a trial, and the trial is to determine whether or not uh, the child should have a sex change. You know, and yeah, and and I'll be honest, I I keep going back and forth on this issue. I because I keep saying it from everyone's sides, and everyone has a valid point, honestly. And That's the best Star Trek yes. there is, though, when you can see things from everybody's <clears throat> point of view, and it's not this is this is entertainment. Not forcing you to take a side, not lecturing you, saying this is how it has to be. It's saying, what if, like, like you know, like, see, like, like Borda said, what if your child was born with a cleft palate? You know, you, you would get that fixed, right? In my society, this is the same thing as that. Trying to get somebody to see that. We, we've seen that. Some of the best Star Treks are, are where something might seem ethical to you, but to somebody else, they, they don't, they were not raised that way. They did not. They were. It it goes against their belief system. Some of the absolute best stuff. Yeah, and and ultimately, I guess the decision come should come down to should, what's best for the child, and in this society, she's going to be ostracized. She has to go live in a fucking cave. We find out, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean there's no value to that life. So it really is it, and it really is a tough decision that the parents are going to have to make. And I. I don't see why. See, I don't even know where to, where to start with this because you're going to go back and I go back and forth. Let's, like every... let's go back to uh, first of all, Bordas uh, hires Kelly to be his lawyer. Yeah, which I thought was great. Because yeah. first, I said said McFarland, I would like you to be my lawyer. And surprisingly, he says, No, I don't want to do it. But Kelly had a year of law school. Have her do it. You know, and this was great character development for Kelly as well. Like I, I, I started to like her more a little bit after this. Yeah, um, the, she didn't really get to do a whole lot, honestly. She said some things in trial, but it, she didn't really get to do, do a whole lot. It still gave her a chance to. I, I feel like it gave her a chance to to be a little, a little bit more front and center, push Seth McFarlane yeah. in the back. The guy's been front and center long enough. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. It's like they also. Did you notice they had that little uh, that little video game segment there too, where they're they're doing the western, uh, and yeah. I'm like, War. is this a <laughs> is this a million day, ways to die in the west? Is this your way of getting that into this show? Because it's not going to happen. 
Yeah. I was also thankfully, thinking of Cowboy Wharf. Cowboy Wharf. I have an action figure. <laughs> it's only like a minute, thank God. But uh, like he, it, Bordis barges in, he's like, hey, I'm in the middle of the game here. And then all of a sudden, like the the bandito guy on the roof starts going into a dance move, you know? Because yeah. Scott was, Grimes' character changed it so he doesn't do the, they don't do the duel. He does a dance yeah. off instead. They're going to do a dance off. He's like, I'm changing it up a little bit. I'm trying new things. You know. I so didn't laugh cool. only because it went on for five minutes. How he's explaining how he's going to dance, and I'm like, I, I get it. It's different. Okay, can we move the fuck on? That's that's awkward humor, though, man. That's that's the way they always do it. It's like it's like it's not really a funny joke, but if I let this run on long enough and we show facial reactions for the next two or three minutes, yeah, somebody will laugh because they don't know what else to do. So, oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> No, that didn't work. Uh, there's not a lot of jokes in this episode. It, it no, was serious, no, it, and that's why I the, liked it the most. That's why I, I'm, I was excited for you to watch this one, because from this point on, this is what you're going to get okay, from good. the show. Okay, yeah, this is... It even gets better than this. Like, like this This is a good one. I, <clears> I liked this episode. It gets even better than this. But uh, going back to uh, the trial that finally takes place, the trial is exactly like... One of those Klingon trials where they have the gavel. I think in the, in the TV show they used to have like a big gauntlet and they'd beat the thing down. It's like a, it's like a big orb. In this one, it's a square. Yeah. But uh, actually, <laughs> uh, what Katan at one point turns it into an orb because Kelly's trying to prove that just because somebody's female doesn't mean that they're deficient in any way. Because that's the argument by the society is that they'll they'll be disadvantaged. If they're a female in an all-male society, but I mean, this is something that's completely created by the society too. So it's it's like, it, yeah, I, I like that scene. She she makes it completely smooth ball into a smooth ball, and she hands it back to him, and then the the, the judge takes it back, and he's like, sets it down. He's like, he doesn't know what to do with it because it's not a square, <laughs> not a cube. But the uh, lawyer's like, well, that's not fair. She's she's a uh, I forgot what this this the species name was. Yeah. So they're 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 stronger because they they live in uh, a lower gravity than we do. So they they have advantages or something like that. Higher gravity, but yeah. High the higher gravity. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you know that that doesn't work, but it, it's still a nice touch. I mean, you know, she's she's trying, you know, to to uh, sway this. And surprisingly. Um, Things don't really turn out the way you think they're going to, and I, I kind of appreciated this episode doing that as well. It, it most Star Treks, especially Voyager, always ended on it on a good positive note, you know. Well, uh, yeah, but usually in Next Generation, Picard talks people into reason, seeing things his way, and this way in this show, it just goes, "Yeah, we hear you." They even brought in that girl from the cave, the the one female yes, they could find. Yes, that was a that was a cool effect. She that reveals she's the most the most pop, popular author on the planet. Yeah, is actually, and I, I know that was a nod to DC Fontana. I was picking up on that right away. I don't know who that is. You know who DC Fontana? DC Fontana wrote most of the original series' best stuff. Oh, okay. Like, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. She in her name was DC Fontana because at the time in the '60s they didn't want to uh, the audience to know that that was a female writing uh, wow. the Star Trek. Episodes. Oh, good old '60s. But, uh, old 60s. Yeah. yeah, they reveal that she's the writer, and, and they still go, wow, no way. And all right, we'll, we'll have our decision 12 hours. And they come back and like, yeah, fuck that bitch. Uh, cut that child up. And at that point, it doesn't really matter because that's not what this 
it's not really what the episode's about. It's about no. getting to know our characters better. Yeah. It's not it's not one of those episodes where they they impose their logic and Mercer shows us everyone logic and everyone goes, Oh, okay. This society's not moving. It's a no. it's literally a rock and and we got to know a little bit about their society too. They're they're the industrial, the military industrial complex. They yeah. build weapons. That's their their chief export is they make guns and stuff. And I, I know that's going to come back later. Like yeah. they're, they're setting things up. And some of my and I'm going to use it as a shameless plug right now. Right now I'm watching a wonder show called Babylon Five, which I confess I did not watch it when it came out in the '90s because I would have been about 19 when this came out and. Science fiction on TV was the furthest, th- furthest thing from my mind during that age. So I'm watching it now, and I'm enjoying it because it's giving me a lot of those things that I like about Star Trek. Ethical dilemmas, setups and payoffs, uh, overarching arcs that people have, like you know storylines that kind of overlap and pay off later. A lot of setup and payoff. They're starting to do that with the Orville now. You're, you're starting to, to tell you a little bit about stuff. Like each episode will have its own story. But then there's also side stories going on in the background as well. And that's exactly why episode two should not have been there. Because it yeah. didn't advance anything. And it was just, it felt like a filler episode. Which is which are some of the best episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, the filler ones. Where it's just, we don't have much Tribble money. Tribbles. Yeah, let's just, let's, let's sit here and mirror, just have, a, have a conversation. <laughs> but it just felt like this should have been episode two. Or just swap them and, or move three down the line. But... I liked the I liked the debate. I, I really did enjoy it, and because I kept finding myself going, oh, well, because it at this point there's no winning, and she's you can't got a point. Yeah, she's but, got a point too. But you can't. Yeah. You, there's no. There's not going to be a compromise in this situation. You can't. No. You're not going to shave off half the genitals. You're not. You know what I mean? You got to choose one way or the other, and either way, it's a bad outcome for somebody. Somebody, yeah, somebody. It's a bad outcome for somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it, at one point, it was even. It was even okay. Well. I don't see how they're differently, and Bordis is like, well, Clyden, Clyden still doesn't think that you know I should be allowed to have my child stay a, a female, and he's like, so you're gonna stay with him? He's like, he's my mate. I gotta learn how to yeah. live with him. You know, it's like I I, I love him. You know, yeah. so and they, I'm glad they that. didn't go. All right, go fuck yourself. I'm leaving you because that that's something they could do later. They can they can have their their relationship argument. Or they're breaking up later. They just they push that. Basically, you want to push as much as you can down the road while still having a satisfying ending, and this worked because mm-hmm. I, I like like you said, I liked his speech about I, well, I gotta live with him. He's my mate. I love him. Like I, I don't agree with him on this, but I love him, and it didn't feel like they didn't wrap it up. It still felt like an ending. Yeah, I think the only good compromise they could really have is keep her female, and then don't have her live on that on their planet. Mm-hmm. That seems like the best because Ra- raise her aboard the Orville. Yeah, she's on the Orville. She's on a starship. Just mm-hmm. leave her there. She doesn't have to worry about any of the shit. She'll never encounter being ostracized on the on the plant on the ship. I think I don't get me <clears> wrong, but I think the reason that they didn't do that was because the uh, Mocklin was part of the planetary union. So yeah. I mean, it, I guess she's governed by their laws. But I I agree with you though. Yeah, I I wish that. It would have turned out differently, but I, I, I don't dislike the ending at all because it's like that. The fact that that happened lets you know that, that stuff like that happens all the time. You know what I mean? Like in a realistic society, that is how it would end. You know what yeah. I mean? So I appreciate the fact that a show that first advertised itself 
as a comedy, is willing to go that extra mile and show you, like, well, this is how it really would yep. end. Like, th- there would not be a compromise here. It's got to go one way or the other. The ultimate nice touch is at the, the very last shot. He, he's got the little, here's your baby boy, gives the baby boy a stuffed uh, yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer animal. That touched me. Yeah. I felt something yeah. there. it worked. It's You know? It got me right in the feels. Uh, comedy got me right in the feels, Phoenix. What the hell? Yeah. It, I would Normally I would say even this episode felt a little too early for me. But the way they did it, they they did those... They didn't just touch on his character through four, five or six episodes. They just focused mm-hmm. on his character. That's why it worked by the time you get to the end. The last episode, not so much. But... They, they do those little touchstones where you see, and even he changes early, like halfway through the episode. And then he starts to fight for the her being female. Mm-hmm. And now I know a lot about that character. And I realize he's willing to listen to reason. Or, or and he's not just, he's not like the rest of his society where he's he like, no. A, it's like he has a tough exterior, but he has yeah. a soft interior. And you just, you just see just a little bit of that at times. It's kind of like the stuff they used to do with Worf. I was just going to say now. that he's this show's Worf, clearly. Oh, yeah. 100 percent yeah. yeah that's 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 the wharf character but i i i enjoyed this one a lot um, yeah damn i i'm i know where i'm going with the score you know what you go first yeah it's easy for me because i gave it an eight on mine so four you're a you're a four yeah this is a four for me this is a four for you i think i'm going to go five just because as you said this one was so star trek that i forgot i was watching the orville yeah. I thought I was watching Star Trek. I, if it wasn't for a couple little jokes, which in this one they use the jokes as transitional material rather than just going out of their way to set up a joke and have it drag on too long. It, it it's, it's like this in-between scenes, there's a little bit of stuff with jokes. Like there's that, that one, one spot where Grimes is trying to fly towards the planet and there's like stuff blowing up on the background. He's like... Yeah, he's, he's talking to Michigan Control. He's like, yeah, I'm going to need a fresh pair of pants, you know? Yeah. And the person already is like, I'll have one fresh pair of pants waiting for you. And then Kelly's like, he was kidding. He's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> Just fine. enough. It ends right there. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. it's funny. Stop. Mm. Move on. You know. I thought that went on a little too long. I didn't, I didn't need the follow-up zinger, but that was just me. But. If it worked for you, great. Uh, the ones that didn't work was we. I, I promise we talked about this on this episode. Is Norm Macdonald as the blob? Ah, okay. Nor, Norm Macdonald and, and and the doctor. He goes into the doctor and he's like, "I got a cough." Oh, and she's like, "You don't have lungs." She's like, "I know what this is about." He's like, "Just go on one day. Come on. If you don't have fun, I won't bother you again." And she's basically like, "No, fuck off." And then it ends. But it was like a five minute scene for no reason. It just kept going. It's to, get, it's to get more Norm McDonald into the episode because isn't Norm McDonald like big friends with uh, Seth MacFarlane? Or well, that's what's like weird that? is, um, how did that? Which order did it go? Because I think Norm McDonald was the original voice of Death on Family Guy, and then Adam Carolla took over. Yeah, that's oh, how. Oh yeah, went. and then Norm McDonald came. In. That's right, he was. He was Death. Uh, so he was for like the first season or maybe two, but. So I don't know what happened with that relationship, but apparently they're still buddies because he's on the show. I have a confession. I'm a huge Norm Macdonald fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved him on SNL. Uh, I own the movie Dirty Work. Dirty Work under, is underrated so classic. underrated. A fucking underrated classic. I watch that movie all the time. It's got and Jack like Warden from Twilight shit. Zone. 
his stand-up shit's great too. Yeah, uh, he, he's so dry. He's the perfect amount of just dry, dry almost to the point to where it's so miserable. It's funny. Yeah, you know, like I, I love that kind of humor. I'm glad that he's on the show. But yeah, he is definitely when he in scenes where there is Norm Macdonald, it is 100 comic relief. There's a, a certain part where he says, he's she's like she says something like our species isn't even compatible, and then he shoots out like a little tentacle that clearly is supposed to look like a penis as much as network tv can allow you know he's like what about that well a little bit more of that there's plenty of that where that came from yeah and then it's kept going eventually she kicks him out and i do like the fact that he does look like a a gummy bear that's rolled underneath of a couch he's always got like shit sticking to him and stuff if if you look at it on hd you can tell he just like kind of rolls around on the carpet all day. He's long. like there. He's like a, a sentient Roomba. <laughs> That's why we keep him here. We don't have to pick up. He just cleans up the floor. Yeah. Actually, you haven't seen much of the show yet, but he actually does have a role on the ship. Like he's a regular crew member. He's not just like the. He's not the Neelix of the show. You know what I mean? If you like Norm Macdonald, watch. <clears throat> it's. A, it's a show I wouldn't recommend, but I think you'll have the right sense of humor for it. It's it's Mike Tyson Mysteries. Oh, okay. It's a okay. cartoon show. He plays the voice of a pigeon. And it, it's I, just, okay, it's just, I remember that being advertised, and I was morbidly curious. It's about just it. Norm MacDonald being Norm MacDonald, saying whatever he wants, and it, he makes it funny. And that shows, you know, it's it's like kind of like Space Ghost, where weird sense of humor. His best shit is when you take his filter off. Yeah. You take off the Norm MacDonald filter, and you just let him go full Norm MacDonald great stuff the man's a lunatic yes he, he's he 60 and he still doesn't know how to drive he won't drive fucking certifiable yeah the man the man's straight up crazy but uh i love him and uh this episode makes me uh makes me look forward to the rest of the episodes because it's it's definitely really good so far you're having all the same experiences that i've been having yeah. which makes makes me happy because this is one of those shows that i i wanted to review this on my channel because i want more people to give it a chance um i don't think a super amount of viewership increasing on the on the upcoming season three is going to be necessarily enough to renew the season but that doesn't mean that shows like this can't come back later in a different format we've seen that done before i mean fucking firefly got a movie like a couple years after it wrapped up you know it did Things are popular. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Firefly had uh, uh, Serenity, the movie Serenity. Oh, came out. Okay. Way I've never TV. watched Firefly. You probably won't like it if you're not into Joss Whedon. Yeah, I had a friend buy it for me. I got the whole box set out there. I mean, it's just a little, you know, it's only like it's good, but you also but... know that that's that's as far as it ever went. And then you watch it, you're like, oh, I could have taken some, I could have handled some more of that. Yeah. You know, it's it's good stuff, but. Yeah, that's that's kind of what's happening with the Orville is it's not, I mean, three seasons isn't like completely unsuccessful for a science fiction show. I mean, the original series was only three seasons long. So, yeah. but then you got the next generation, which was like seven seasons. And then DS9 was seven seasons and Voyager was seven seasons. And fuck, even Enterprise was four seasons, uh, which I think was maybe a season too long, but that's just my opinion. And then you got Star Trek discovery which is three seasons too long that's what i wanted to talk about um you've watched discovery now you've watched the orville which one of these shows is closer to star trek 
I watched the first two seasons of, of Discovery. I have not watched season three because I don't know if I'm going to watch three, season three at all. I don't know if I want to continue. You're not interested in continuing. I don't know if I want to keep going down that deep, dark well of sadness and, and moping. <laughs> that there's, there's times, there's episodes of that show when they do the one-off. It's, it's very rare. There's only a couple. But those are pretty solid. And they look beautiful. The, the CG is beautiful. But they are more focused on the Star Wars than Star Trek. They want to have the, the, the pew pew laser shit. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, this. What the fuck am I watching? And and I don't like. I don't want to be sad when I'm. Same reason I watch Black Mirror. I don't want to be bummed out after watching an, a, a, an episode of something. I want to. If it or if it if I am bummed out, the next episode better pick me the fuck up. Like it. It better make me want to watch more. It's almost like like with Star Trek. It's okay to go dark. As long as you go somewhere with it, yeah. as long as you take somebody on a trip, if you're going dark just for the sake of being dark, just just to get people to cry, like I said, I got more emotion from them handing that stuffed animal to that baby. Yes, the one second from, shot. The and one he, second shot. And, it was and just, it was just a, face just. It was the perfect fucking cherry on this fucking yes. Sunday that is that is about a girl. I, I, I did. I liked this episode a lot. Um, I think you'll enjoy what's what's coming later too it it, it it goes up from here is what i'm saying so i would like discovery more if it was episodic but the problem is it's it's a season-long story so that mope and that sadness has to ride all the way through so you end up with a whole season of a show that just makes you miserable like this show and and other star trek shows can have a sad episode or a mopey yes. episode or and then the next one is about something else Right. And you don't have to sit there and just absorb this misery. It's a it's a palate cleanser. And this is... Star Trek Discoveries. There's no palate cleansing at all until you cancel <laughs> CBS All Access is your only palate cleanser. <laughs> now known as Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. I think they got to June. They, uh, they're not really doing good with their with their platform, are they? You know, so, so many failures now. Discovery, Picard... Uh, Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele. Is there anything left at this point? I mean, they've destroyed all of their science fiction. I don't think they have anything left to do. I'm trying to think. I assume Paramount's going to keep going with Star Trek because it's a... That, that sh- I mean, people watch it, but... Everybody's already moved off and they're watching The Mandalorian now. So yeah, but, but I think that's why they're going to keep it going. They're going to go, we got to compete with them and we'll make it different, make our show different. Hopefully they change their show and not just go, let's go mopier. There's no moping in Mandalorian. Let's make ours the mopiest emo show you could ever watch and cry to. Well, that's just it, Phoenix. When I finished watching the very last episode of season two of the Orville, I immediately was, I had to go watch some, some Star Trek that I hadn't yeah. seen before. I wanted to go back and watch all the episodes that I hadn't seen. And I was happy to find that there was a lot of them that I hadn't seen that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm getting the same feeling from from Babylon Five, you know, episodic, ethical dilemmas, story arcs that continue out in different episodes. I'm getting all that. You get all that from the Orville too. Yeah, I'm happy to say. So I, I guess my closing thoughts would be for the for this episode so far for the three I've watched. I watched this show and it makes me have fond memories of Star Trek. Be it whatever, mostly Next Generation because that's clearly what he's going off. But it makes me go, oh yeah, Star Trek. That was fun. I, I, I love that show. But I'm not going, I wish I was watching that. When I watched Discovery, they're even throwing in Christopher Pike and, and they got Spock. 
in, in season two. Well, I just throw anything against the wall to see what'll stick. Huh? And I'm going, I'm not even thinking of their characters from the other shows, from Star Trek shows. I'm not even thinking, I'm going, this guy's mopey as fuck and he's, he's whining. Oh yeah, he's from Star, uh. and I sit there and I'm like, oh God, end. So that's a good sign for this show, that it makes me think of a different show. But the one that is labeled Star Trek doesn't make me think about Star Trek. <laughs> That's, that's, up. that's the that's big debate. Up. The big the big debate is is that the Orville is more Star Trek than actual Star Trek. Yeah, and at pa- the moment. Picard. I don't I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I don't even <laughs> think about Picard when <laughs> I watch the show. How many of those Picard. did you watch before you fell off the bus? Eight out of ten. Ooh, wow. Yeah, you you were committed. Well, I was like, this committed. is going to go somewhere. This is going to go. And then I watched Red Letter Media's wrap-up of the last two episodes. So did I. I, I, did, I, like, I didn't watch right. a single episode. Red Letter Media was enough to let me know, no, nah, it's not for me. There's some, some. there's like half an episode here or there where you're like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, now it's mopey and, and, and stupid. And th- that show is like, a, they're shooting guns and kidnapping people. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Oh, it's it's awful. Is it? Tr- let me ask you this. Is it trying to be more Walking Dead or is it trying to be more Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> it's trying to be... I don't know what... I, again, I really don't know how to classify that show because it's it's about nothing. It seems to be a show that they created to make you actively hate a character you love growing up. That's what it seems like to me. Like If, if that's the fair, case... Is it? Yeah. If that's the case, job well done. Because it, it ruins and You Picard. know, the refreshing thing about something like the Orville is you have... All these characters that are brand new, you can do anything with them. If you want to have representation, you can make the character something that you want them to be without changing them halfway through the ball game in order to, you know, appease a certain demographic or a certain audience. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. I think this show, especially with this episode that we just watched, handles hot button topics way better than most shows do. Definitely. Star Trek was was always was doing that. Po- they handled politics way better because they didn't make you choose a side. They would show you something from two different points of view, and which is what I want. Yes, and it keeps you interested in the story, but in the end, it's just about the character's growth. Right. Star Trek's always been a character show. It's how how they grew from that. It's like yes. that was one thing I liked about Enterprise. Even though I can't stand Scott Bakula, I liked his character because at first you see him as this charismatic space explorer and then he goes through all this shit and he he goes through a period where he becomes salty and disengaged and having ptsd and shit like that but he does he rebounds from it eventually but it's not an easy journey you go on you you watch a character develop yeah uh that's one of the things that always pissed me off about walking dead is they, they wouldn't have arcs they would have circles like like they would just kind of go in circles and i was like no, that's not the way this is supposed to be. I can't watch better. another five episodes of, about how Morgan doesn't want to kill v- zombies and people. I can't <laughs> fucking do it. They're still doing that? <laughs> oh, he's on Fear the Walking Dead now. I, I fell off about three or four seasons ago, so I, I didn't know he was still doing that. That's that, 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 that tells me everything I need to know. You know they're on a sinking ship over at AMC when they have to dis- <laughs> distribute their cast to different shows. Like uh, uh, Maggie went over to that new World Beyond show. And then Morgan went over to Fear the Walking Dead, and then Rick is going to be in the movies. So they're all like venturing out on these different platforms and shows and stuff. And it's just like, 
Just just call it a day. Just let that fucker it's, sink. It's like they got they got one bowl of gravy that seemed to be pretty popular, and yeah. they're trying to find so many ways they can dilute that one bowl of gravy into fifty thousand bowls of gravy so that they can make more money. Yes, it's so. I, I just sad. I picture ships that are like about like just ducking out of the water, and and Scott, uh, what's his name, Rick, is just like uh, hops over to the other one so that one can go up a little bit, and this one's kind of like. All right, what do we do here? And they're like, throw Maggie over there. That ship, and they're trying to distribute all of these. And it's just, they're all going to go down in like two years. Meanwhile, you got Mopey Star Trek over here by Alex Kurtzman. And then Seth MacFarlane's like, I remember Star Trek. Can I, can yes. I do it? All right, fine. Fuck you. I'll make my own Star Trek. And it'll be so Star Trek <laughs> that people literally won't even realize that they're not watching Star Trek. Yeah. It. What else can we say about this episode? It's really good. It's really good. Check it out. Yeah. Make sure you watch it. Uh, coming back to Hulu. It's on Hulu now. Uh, you can buy it on Vudu. Uh, I've, I've seen it on Blu-rays and shit like that, but it's a, it's a Hulu exclusive. It's a wonderful show. Check it out if you're fans of Star Trek. If you just like good science fiction in general, definitely check it out. Phoenix, thanks for joining us. Where can everybody find you, sir? I'm thinking about buying the Blu-ray, actually, now, now that I'm getting into it. Um, LIWstudios.com, LIW the TZ Review on Twitter, Phoenix West on Twitter, and Tuesday nights, Twilight Zone Reviews on L- Lord of Wonderland on YouTube. Wednesday, we do an anthology show and a John Carpenter movie. I'm a part of all those as well. I'm, I've uh, been fortunate enough to be a part of that. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, uh, also check us out on Friday nights. We're going to be doing the bad movies, watch and review. Uh, this week we'll be watching Mutant, aka Forbidden World, a Roger Corman alien knockoff, and uh, we'll be doing some uh, some some of those uh, public service messages like they do on Rift Tracks as well. So, make sure you join us for that live on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter Raiders underscore OTLF. Where can they find you on Twitter, Phoenix? I already said that, but next time, that, next you? time we'll we'll get your solar flare fixed on your spaceship. Yeah, it's get, uh, get rid of that. This is what happens when you record during the day and you're <laughs> poor and you can't aff- afford good studio lighting or even brown paper to to hide the the glare. It's actually there's an anomaly on board the uh, the the Orville bridge yeah. that I'm not telling you about. So yeah, yeah. he's hiding some stuff over there. He's got a swastika <laughs> carved in. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's gonna be some it's it's gonna be an anomaly we'll we'll pay that off next week so make sure you come back for that yeah time. shit now we gotta follow through on that and we just right, yeah and that's how the writers of Star Trek Discovery work yay money <laughs> all right <laughs> we'll see you next week so long. bye.